yeah, quickly, Greg, we, um, you've got a fantastic offer for people watching this show. Um, we've got two season tickets to give away. What we said is we give two season tickets away. Um, th- those two season tickets will also get two tickets to the Challenge Cup final. Um, oh, and, wow. And also they'll get um, two tickets, or, well, the chance to pick one of the home games are basically they can come have hospitality before the game. What's <clears> the, the question that you want to put out there that people have got to get right to be entered into the draw? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Closest wins is, is what... Welcome to the Rugby League Outsiders, the show dedicated to promoting rugby league of all formats and levels outside the traditional heartlands. From tips and tricks for on-field success to interviews with players and coaches and everything in between. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or an absolute newcomer, this show is for you. So grab your headphones, sit back and get ready for this week's episode of the Rugby League Outsiders. Okay, welcome to this week's episode of the Rugby League Outsiders podcast. My name's Craig. And my name's Carl. Uh, and on this week, we've got a, a, probably my most exciting guest, to be honest. If, uh, if I'm cl- completely honest, that's the uh, the CEO of the Midland Hurricanes, Greg Wood. Um, we'll, we're going to be talking about six local breaking news stories from around the Midlands and the wider game, which including national recognition from one of our recent guests, uh, yep. which is which is great. Uh, we'll also talk about a local amateur team signing international players within the Midlands, which all sounds <laughs> sounds brilliant. Um, and also we'll chat to Greg about what we can actually do to develop rugby league um, outside of the traditional heartlands. So that's what, we, that's what we're doing. Excited, Carl? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so our next guest uh, cut his teeth in pro cricket, am I right in thinking? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. correct. A bit of a strange story how we got here, but yeah. Uh, and then from there, through different sort of corporate roles and everything, which no doubt we'll talk about, uh, quite a varied professional career, has somehow ended up as the CEO of the Midland Hurricane. So um, also we've got to give a, a mention to Big Red, to the Group Operations Director yeah. of Big Red, um, who are the uh, major sponsors of the Midland oh, Hurricanes, well, owners, or owner, yeah. owners yeah, of yeah. Midland Hurricanes. So we need to tip our hat to them because they're obviously making this happen, which is great. Yeah, so we always start off with our set of six. So this is set six breaking news stories from around um, around the Midlands. Um, so over to you, Carl. Yeah, so we've got a few great stories this week. So tackle one is Leamington Royals have re-signed last year's top try scorer, Harry Clark. Um Top scoring more than one ways if you read their uh, social media. <laughs> uh, and then Telford Raiders have also announced the signing of a Fijian prop, Archie Bailey, who I believe he's played for the Army. He also played in this year's Challenge Cup, I believe. There's, there's something about the word Fijian on a rugby pitch. Right? It just, you it just, just know you're instantly smashed. strikes a little bit of fear in the opponents, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You know what kind of game you're in for. That's <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. For sure. <laughs> Oh, great news. Right. Tackle two. Coventry Bears are seeking volunteers to help in the 2023 season, including for their junior coaches. They're also after club photographers and media volunteers, plus other roles. Uh, I know they're recruiting for these at the minute, so if you visit coventrybears.com for more details. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it's probably worth just mentioning the important role that volunteers in the game do for for, for every team, really, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. At yeah. our level, it's... Without the volunteers, the clubs don't run, do yeah. they? It's, it's any, I'd say that every, every sport, everywhere I've played, you, you can't survive without. Every club that you've been to, you, you know, there'll be at least three people you go, that club can't survive with that person, that yeah. person. That. They're always volunteers. It's never a paid person, but everyone will say, we won't be a club without that person. It, it's the same everywhere. Hurricanes are the same. We had a, 
we put an ad out a couple of weeks ago saying anyone that wants to be involved in any way, shape or form, give us a shout. Um, and like I say, the, the clubs can't survive without them, 100%. You gotta, you gotta hope that it's people's hobby, aren't you? If the, yeah. You know, if it's a hobby, then people are interested. It'll yeah. go from there. Uh, right, tackle three. Then Nottingham Outlaws fixtures have been released. Uh, so they're going to be playing this year in the Division One of the Yorkshire League against teams like Charlton Rovers, Stanley Rangers, uh, Bramley Buffaloes, just to name a few. Uh, and they kick off their season with a trip to Cutsyke Raiders on the fifteenth of April. Amazing. So that's great for another Midlands team playing the trade out in the out in the Yorkshire divisions. Uh, tackle for Midlands Hurricanes recorded their second win of the season, defeating Hull Dockers fifty points to four, uh, which is a, was an away tie over in Hull. Hull, Hull Dockers are an amateur club. They are a very strong, mm. very strong amateur club. Uh, potentially a bit of a banana peel that one. So Greg, over to you. How did it go? Yeah, no, is it, it like like you say going into it? It was very much. Uh, it's not a Oh, the, these are amateur, we're not kind of thing. You knew full well if we weren't on it, they'd be turning us over yeah. kind of thing. Um, bit of needle in the game as well. We we do have a couple of lads from Hull, some even ex-Hull Dockers. So, oh, right. So there was a, an extra bit of spice in the game. But um, no, it was, a, it was a great day, to be fair. We we played at Hull KR, so um, played at Craven Park. Um, I, th- I think they had, I think they record just over 700 people there as well. So That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Good, good crowd out. Um but yeah, the, the lads did really well. Just kind of stuck to the gameplay. If, if I'm honest, I think it suited us being at Craven Park. Bit of a bit bigger field. Um, yeah, suited the way we play, and I think stuck to the game plan very well. A bit of fitness kind of came into play in the second half as well, and things like that. Because uh, the amateur boys obviously they they get unlimited subs, and and with it only being eight, as I as I say that. that All right, do they get unlimited well. subs in the in the Challenge Cup? Then is that a different? Not not in the Challenge Cup, they don't. But in Week to week, right? They'll yeah, they'll have unlimited interchanges. Oh, so, yeah, see what they're saying. Cup, yeah, yeah, it's only eight. They, they might be not not be getting to roll on and off as much as usual. They're not used to it as much as and, the yeah, yeah. And like I say, covering that bigger field, um, I think it all kind of it came together well. But we, we definitely got a good workout. Like I say, it was fourteen four at half time, um, and then as I say, the second half came. We we kind of just gathered momentum, and the, the lads eased away from it, but. It definitely wasn't as easy as it maybe did look. No, if you just look I, at the results, yeah, I can, yeah, I can imagine they're, they're a very good team. It uh, was. Uh, I would. I've got the. I follow the Hurricanes on the Our League app, so you know every time there's a try yeah. or something going on, it pops up a notification. I was getting right into it. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I was working. I was like, okay, another, you know, another two wins tries, from brilliant. two this season as well. Yeah. Aren't you know, yeah, good start. Good start. I think obviously Cornwall last week. Um, that again. On paper, you'd say we probably should be stronger, but that first game, nerves, everything like new stadium, new big occasion, yeah. things that another potential banana skin. But the lads, the best thing for me is that they've stuck to a game plan well. Um, they've not let the occasion kind of eat into it. And like last week, it could have been those personal personal battles kind of thing because yeah. there were plenty of them, of them on the field. That was clear to see. But uh, now, good good start. Good start. Obviously, Sunday will be uh, a much different test playing Dewsbury away, yeah. coming down from the league above. So. Oh, we'll uh, we'll touch on that in a bit. So then, uh, fifth and last last week's uh, guest Graham Berry, he's received national recognition for his MNDA Rugby League shirt that he was doing. Uh, it was all around Twitter uh, this week. Rob Burrow was photographed wearing his shirt. So not only does it show we're on point with our guests, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was great to see for for MNDA. Um, yeah, and great, I think great for Graham. You know, I'm, I'm personal. Friends with Graham, and you know, I know he idolises Rob Burrow. 
for him to put yeah. the shirt on, just you know, and he does graft a lot to raise awareness and funds for MNDA. So that's that's brilliant. He gets a bit of recognition there. Six tackle length challenge cup draw has been made this week, so I won't go through all the fixtures. I've picked a couple of the uh, the sort of outsider teams, should we say? So uh, Southern Conference League champions West Warriors. Uh, they were the league winners in 2021 and 2022 SCL champions. They've been drawn against uh, the Witness Vikings, so that's a big, big game for them. North Wales Crusaders travelled to Thato Heath, St. Allen's side. They're also the NCL champions. And then, of course, we've already touched on it, Midlands Hurricanes will travel away to play Wigan's side, Saint, Oral St. James, so... Another banana skin there. Yeah. It, it's a good draw in, in one respect for you, but again, another seasoned amateur team. It's you know they, these guys, those guys love the rugby up there. Don't they? it's going to be a bit, bit of a challenge. Yeah, well, and the the difference is it'll be on their own patch, so yeah, it'll it'll be at their ground. Like I say, we we kind of benefited from the almost neutral venue at Hull this week. We won't have that look uh, going there. So yeah, expecting it to be a, another tough one. Another Excellent. tough one. Uh, and then final story, which I didn't have in my set of six, which sort of breaking news, really. There's a, a new team, I've just been speaking to them today, which are going to be based in Rugeley, based at Rugeley Rugby Union Club. Uh, they've just launched uh, their social media, so anybody looking to play rugby in sort of Cannock, Rugeley, Staffordshire area, there's going to be a new club for you there. They're going to be playing in the Merit League this year. Uh so if you're interested, 26th of April, they're going to start their pre-season training at 7 o'clock, which is at Rugeley Rugby Club. And if you want any more information, just find them on Facebook and search Rugeley Rugby Club. Yeah, just on the back of that, we had, through our Instagram, we had a, a guy messages and sort of said, you know, do you know any of any clubs around you, Toxeter? Yeah. And we'd just been talking about Rugeley. And um, so I said, oh, how far is Rugeley from you? And he was like, 20 minutes, brilliant. You know, Perfect. so if there's people out there that somehow end up listening to this, and, you know, you're scratching around for a club or you want some information, you want to get in touch. That's what this podcast is all about, to get in touch. Absolutely. You know, we may or may not have access to a certain database. <laughs> we, can, we can, you know, certainly hook you up with a club or, or, or let you know what's going on. Or maybe even keep a tally of different players around the region and maybe there's a new club to be formed yeah. in that area. Yeah, you could so, get a lot of people looking for something in the same area, put them in touch and see where it goes. Yeah. So well, amazing. Two weeks running, we've had two new clubs launched. So Worcester, Rugeley, it's, uh, yeah, it's going from strength to strength. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so we're going to hand over um, to you, Greg. I, I've you've got in my head. I've got so many questions, and right. before we kind of started recording, you know, we <laughs> yeah. were chatting away, and I was like, "Shit, we need to save this for the <laughs> yeah. podcast." Yeah. Yeah. Went through really, half of them. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff. So it's probably only fair that we we start with you and your journey. So if you can give yeah. us a bit of a down and dirty of your kind of route into yeah, the so, rugby league. And so, then... yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a funny... I've never played a game of rugby league in my life. Um, so growing up, I was... I give anything to go sports-wise, but school was rugby union. So I played rugby union at school. So Because I was getting my rugby fix on a Saturday, football was Sundays. Um, so hence club-wise, never played rugby league. Um, played cricket in summer and then from school got into, got into cricket. Um Kind of got to 21-22 playing full-time and not probably just got too much too young. So I, I was playing 12 months around. I wasn't getting the kind of where everyone else would have a winter break. I was I was going away and going on tour. So I'm not complaining by any stretch. I, yeah. I was very, very lucky. I got to go around the world playing. But 
it just meant I never got that time off. So by the time I got to 2021, I thought I, I just I was burnt out. Um, so I kind of made the choice to look. I could carry on as I am to 30, 35, and then then have to get what I'd, I'd call a real job, <laughs> um, or I could make the plunge now and say, right, let's let's call it quits and start finding something else. And uh, and that's what I did. Um, so at that point, it gave me the chance to get back into rugby. Um, I'd I'd already kind of been going down to my local rugby union club. Um, doing pre-season training with them just as fitness. Um, they had a, a, a brilliant bloke down there called Jim Kilfoyle who made me see, sense that it was in my best interest to get back playing rugby, which I did. And I, I played there for, well, I've, I've pretty much stopped now. Um, but I, I, was, I played there for 15 years. I was first team captain for 10. So that, that was my kind of rugby rugby background. Um, and then been a, been a Wakefield lad, Always, always watched uh, watched Wakefield, watched rugby league, and in, in fairness, I probably watched more league than mm. Union. Um, just personally, I, I just think it's, it's a much better, quicker. It's more consistent. It, as I say, okay, I'll probably insult some of my friends here, but you can get some really dour rugby league game, uh, rugby Union games, mm. like where if it's a bit of kick tennis, a bit of war of attrition kind of thing. Yeah, you don't have that luxury in league. You have to go forward. You have to attack, and it's just it's so much more consistent and better to watch. So. I've always watched more rugby league than I have rugby union. I've just never actually played. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's my kind of sporting background. And then work-wise, as I say, I kind of got into the real world of work when I was 21, 22 and started working for, for different different corporations, started with, with Morrison's Manufacturing and companies like Reckitts. And I was always in operations uh, and then moved to a company called Big Red, um, November 21. Um, so Big Red were already... The sponsors of Huddersfield Giants um, were, were based in Huddersfield. Um, so I started there as group operations director. And it was just before I started, actually, conveniently, um, that we that Big Red decided to buy into what was Coventry Bears and rebrand it as the Midlands Hurricanes. Mm. Um, so started there. We were kind of 50% owners at the time. Um, and then we, we took it on full-time last year as 100% owners. But, but yeah, so... As part of my role as Big Red Group Operations Director, I was naturally getting involved with Hurricanes, seeing how it's operating as a business and things. And then, as I say, as we kind of became 100% owners, it, it kind of fell, not by default, but it, my kind of interest in wanting to get involved, it ended up that I kind of fell into the, the chief exec role of the club. So if, you're, if I was asking you what your day-to-day running of the club is, what, what would that consist of really? I was saying before. Was it everything? Yeah, I was saying before. Okay, the term chief exec sounds a lot sexier than the role probably actually is. But no, we're probably not at the luxury of some of the bigger clubs where you've got a massive backroom staff and volunteers yeah. and everything like that. We are still kind of emerging through the ranks and things. So yeah, a lot of the day-to-day running falls with myself. We're lucky this year that we have we are bringing more and more people in. So we've got kind of support with the social media side of stuff. Uh, we've got a good team there that do a lot of that. Yeah, um, we've got kind of brought on strength and conditioning coaches this year. We've got team manager, kit men, and, and stuff like that. But the day to day running of the operation of the club for, falls with me. So I, I, I think, and we were talking about before, like we think the rebranding was just like a stroke of genius. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, how how much involved? Uh, involvement did you have in the actual rebranding and kind of what was the conversations that were going on around that so me personally it was it was probably 
the 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 idea of being the hurricanes was there before I kind of got involved. But as you say, it just made it made absolute sense to do that. I think there was a lot of history with the, with Coventry Bears and things yeah. like that, and it just give it, giving the club an identity that everyone in the area could get behind and everyone can affiliate with is is massive. Um, so yeah, it was a real kind of turning point for us as, as well, and it's 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 something that for me is going from strength to strength. I think it is a real it is a really strong brand and. I mean, the colour purple might not be everyone's favourite, but it definitely stands out from the other clubs in the Super League. Yeah. It's not your, your red and white. It's not your, your blue and reds and stuff like that. It, yeah. does, it does stand out and we, it does seem to be getting some some real kind of traction with it. Well, I think from my, you know, we was on about it before. We've both played Coventry Bears in the yeah. past, you know. So to follow them, it, it's hard work yeah. to get behind yeah. that. Not, yeah, not, no offence to Coventry <laughs> yeah, Bears. Yeah, no offence, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah. it's but yeah, now as the Midlands Hurricanes, it feels yeah. like essentially everybody should be in the Midlands can now get behind you. Yeah, so and that, I was that's, that, that's sorry. so I was just because that's very much that that is that is the vision. It's it's that all, all the all the clubs that, that you guys have all played for can all kind of affiliate with us as a brand and, and think yeah that that's our kind of filter. That's the funnel funnel upwards almost. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of the things that that we we are trying to do and we do want to do is. We want to make sure that we're not treading on toes of the of the the Telfords, the Coventry, the yeah, Bulldogs, yeah. and all of that, and so that we've all got the kind of same goal, which is to hopefully have a, a powerhouse in in the Midlands, and everyone's working towards that. Because I, I mean, I just I found myself the other day like watching some clips, and I was just like, "Where can I get one of these shirts? Because I wear that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know." And yeah, I, yeah. I, I you know, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd have done that if the branding wasn't as strong, or, yeah. or as different. If it's a red and white shirt, definitely, won't, I won't wear yeah. that. You know, being a, a Leeds fan, you wouldn't go anywhere near it either, would you? No. So, you know, I, I think you're right. You know, from our, from my point of view, I think you've kind of nailed it there. So, yeah, yeah. Fing, fingers crossed. Like I said, we, we tried to make sure it was different um, to everyone else, and something you've not seen before, and things like that. And as, as I say, I think I think we have done that. It's just now it's about spreading it, getting it out there. The, the more purple we can see, the better. We we said it last week at Hull. We, we were we were on the other side, and the other stand, but the seven hundred were sat opposite us. Mm. And you think, well, they're probably mainly going to be from Hull, but you could see pockets of purple in there, and it's great. Yeah. You can just look straight across. You go, well, there's all our lot. They're there. Uh, the, the people who are going to watch you at the minute, um, how much affiliation do you think they have with the amateur clubs in the area or are they just general spectators that you've picked up from Birmingham? Have you any sort of idea? I think we've got a mix, to be honest. I mean, we, we definitely have seen, since we moved to the stadium this year, people getting in touch. They're just, I live in the area. I've seen that you come into the stadium. Yeah. I want to come watch. I, I've, I've seen rugby league. On, I've seen the World Cup happening. I'm interested. Can I come? So we've definitely got those what I'd call complete newbies that, that have come in, which which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we, we are trying to reach out to to the clubs and, and create that link um, with them, so we can, we can kind of like offer tickets and deals to all the clubs in the area and say, look, you guys can have X amount of tickets, distribute them to to your juniors or whatever, so they can come for free. And hopefully, like I say, they'll say, I don't know, I, I'm a Telford player and I support the Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. That that that's for that for me is 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 the vision. And then we've got the kids that are playing for all the juniors that want to aspire to to get to that highest level, which hopefully one day could be Super League and play for the Midlands in it. So over the last two, you've been involved since 2021, roughly. Yeah. Just kind of looking back, can you pick out a couple of moments where you thought, where it was like a pivotal moment? Like there was a, there was a seismic shift in what you're doing or it yeah. just felt different? And what was they and, 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 you know, what was the story behind them? I think 
Um, two weeks ago, first game at the Alexander Stadium was massive. Um, granted, that we we do want to play in the main stadium this year. We, we, there was a couple of reasons we couldn't get in there, but it's still last last weekend. It, it was it was absolutely and it was an amazing day. Um, we had the, probably the biggest gate that we've seen at a Hurricanes game, and um, the probably away travelling fans didn't have that many. You, you might play so there's a big kind of shift depending on who you're playing in the league as to how many how many fans come. Yeah. So last year, kind of Keithley would bring busloads down. So some other teams might literally have the players' family. That's it. Um, the, probably ninety percent of the crowd would say we're, we're Midlands people last week, and it was our biggest crowd that we've had. So you kind of look at that and think, wow. The, we, we've we've made a real step change here in terms of the footprint, just the general, the, obviously the whole arena and where we're playing and stuff like that, and the the theatre of the day was massive. So I think I think that that was huge in terms of off the field, the commercial side. Like yeah. I said, hospitality was sold out. There's players and sponsors bar after with with team speeches and stuff like that. So from a commercial side, I, th- I think last week was a real change um, on the field. I think last year, biggest highlight was we beat Hunslet away 24-0. Um, that was the first time uh, Midlands or the Coventry Bears had gone to the Northern team and beat them away. And to nil them, obviously, on their own part was 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 big. But I think the best is yet to come on the field, I would say. The way the way we're going about things this year, I, I've got strong hopes for, for how we're going. I think... Um, training twice a week, like I say, the additional stuff that we're doing away from training with the strength and conditioning side of stuff, the lads are fitter. You can see they're a lot more well-oiled because of the training together twice a week, because we're doing video analysis on a Tuesday night and Thursday nights. Hopefully they all kind of come together and, and we see this year, like I say, I've got high hopes that there'll be some more of those Hunslet away days this year. Is it? Does it form part of the narrative when you're going up north? To you know, to the players, is it like, look, you're in their backyard now. Let's show them what we're made of, and yeah, mass- massively. And I think, I mean, it's no secret. Quite a few of our lads are, are northerners anyway, so there's there's that bit of niggle in there that they, they might have played up there before, and that they've been there. It might be their local team that they want to go and pinch, but yeah, massively turning away that the Heartland teams in their backyards is a, is a huge goal for us. I suppose you, you touched on it off air when we were speaking. A couple of your lads are sort of dual reg out the way, sort of Castleford and sort of, so obviously they're trying to force their way into a Super League team. So you, I'm assuming you're getting the best out of them. I know they scored two of the Cast lads scored yeah. two tries, didn't they, last week? Or was yeah. it three even? Yeah, three between them. Yeah, so so we've kind of, it is dual reg with Casper, I'd say. Can the, we just go a bit, for those listening that yeah. don't quite understand that arrangement, like what, what is the... As in me, <laughs> well, like, what what is the so dual edge? It basically gives us the ability for players to move between Castleford and the Hurricanes without having to be signed at like a loan deal. So if you sign a loan, obviously you're with us, and we have to sign them back yeah. again. They can yeah. literally jump between the two. Um, so that that's your standard dual edge. But I think that where we're hopefully trying to do it a bit different with Cast is it's more of a, it's more of a complete partnership. So we're benefiting from some of their coaching. Um, advice and things like that on our training sessions we train on a tuesday night at castleford their reserves are trained at the same time we can run 13 on 13 you, you get in that full training session uh, we've got use of all their facilities and stuff like that so it is it is a much more complete partnership rather than just literally we're borrowing players as and when they're available yeah and how many if don't mind me asking how many midlands based lads have you actually got in the team at the minute um we've got in the squad we've got probably five or six 
Excellent. Five or six lads. I mean, Hayden Freeman, winger, has been he's he's our longest serving player between Coventry and and Hurricanes, highest point scorer. He's been there through thick and thin. Unfortunately, he's broke his thumb at the moment, so we're waiting for him to come come back. Yeah, but, I think so. Though. Yeah, but we we have got a good a good core of lads, and for me, the goal is to to increase that number. So, if you're looking at the amateur clubs in the area, have you got any sort of blueprint, any sort of plan? How you you know looking at possibly scouting or bringing them in or a trials day or you've got anything in the plans at the minute yeah for, for me it's and, and the head coach rich squires it's it's about getting out to the games once once they start yeah building building kind of that relationship with all the clubs because as as you guys kind of touched on about the, the coventry bears link i think historically there's been that really strong link which has been great between the two clubs but it's probably alienated others yeah and we don't want people to think that our Coventry is the feeder club for the Midlands Hurricanes that that's not what we want we want all the clubs in the area to to have that kind of link with us and, and the best players from all get the opportunity to go look this guy's really standing out do you want to have a look at him get yeah, into yeah. training on trial yeah. do, do you want to do you want him to play reserves get something like that so it, that that's the way I'd want it to go is is getting rich and out to, out to the games we, we've have we have had kind of a few people already and names that have come forward to us that we're going to be looking at it as soon as the, as soon as the season starts yeah. and then potentially like you say get them to training with us on a Tuesday Thursday and, and see how they go so it, it's never really looked more positive uh, from a Midlands point of view has it to no I think all of a sudden you know instead of Okay, we might have to go to like a regional trial and play for the regional team, and then you you know maybe head off to university and and, and get picked up at university or something like that. All of a sudden now, you know you stand out locally on the pitch, and you know th th there's a route. Yeah, yeah. There, there yeah. is a route, you know, to take this further, and then you know who knows? Yeah, who knows? That's that's the thing for us. I want to make sure that we we've got eyes eyes on the game, and equally people have got the got the opportunity to put people forward and say, look, have you seen this person? Have you had a look at this? And because there's there's got to be that pathway. I mean, last last week you guys were talking about how do we get juniors from juniors into men's rugby. Yeah. For me, I think the opportunity potentially we've got to look at is is that we have a Midlands academy or reserve system because we could potentially get those guys playing against Castleford, Wakefield, the, the kind of reserve system, so they get that stepping stone from 15, 16 year olds where you, you're probably not a man to so jumping into men's rugby is physically yeah, can yeah. be a big ask. Whereas if you get that kind of academy slash reserve stepping stone, it eases them into it. And if if we pull all the teams together in the area and say, right, let's let's create a, a reserves sector, could we kind of get somewhere in there uh, with with the kind of bigger boys and 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 have a team that way? Have you got? I read in your LinkedIn bio that you you know you're very much into kind of KPIs <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, Without obviously giving away anything that's sensitive yeah. or whatever, but you know, what are the standout kind of KPIs for the team this year from from your point of view? Yeah, so on on the field, team wise, we, we've said playoffs. First time we've done it, we want to make the playoffs. Um, so so that's a key one, obviously. And to get to that end goal, there's a number of kind of in smaller smaller KPIs that you set in there. There'll be game specific ones and things like that. But the overall on the field we want to do this year is is playoffs. I think that's that's what we've all set out for. That that that's what we want to do. Um, for me, it's realistic. I think that the group of players we've put together, and like I said, the the way we're training, the way we're building off the field, I think it, it's it's very very doable. And I think it also it it kind of announces that that we're here. Um, I, I think we've kind of set ourselves 
a bit above the the kind of the, the bottom cluster of teams. I think I think we would be viewed as right. You, you've kind of ele- elevated yourself out of that, but now we need to be cemented in the middle and say right, yeah, they, they do deserve to be here, and, and then we push from there and keep working our way up. Well, you've got a golden opportunity with the Challenge Cup as well, aren't you? If, if you can get through it next round, you potentially have a big draw there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it was a good draw last night. I thought there's a good mix because there's a couple of amateur teams against each other. So, you know, there's so still going to be, yeah, still gonna gonna be amateur round, teams yeah. in, the, in the next round. Equally, there's some big boys. So, Halifax pulled Fev, didn't they? And yeah, stuff like that. So, so, one of them going yeah. early doors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's from a... From a chief exec side, you, you kind of get your commercial head on. I think, oh, do I want a Featherstone away for um, for the finances <laughs> and the kind of thing? But uh, no, it's it's good. Obviously, everyone it's like the FA Cup, and everyone loves a loves a giant killer cup run. Yeah, so yeah. It, get, it gets that buzz <laughs> about it. I think that that's one thing that um, in the kind of RFL meetings and stuff have been discussed a lot. Is, is bringing the life back to the Challenge Cup, and and do we get the uh, the Super League teams in earlier and stuff like that, so that they get the chance to go to Oral, they get the chance to go to Wigan St. Pat, and you, you, you get those, like you say, those FA Cup giant killer moments. Get St. Helens on the hill up in Barrow yeah, yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah see how they like that. <laughs> Be a different challenge to the one they've just had, that's yeah. for sure. But, but no, that, that that was kind of tabled as well. So where they take that, I don't know. But I think there's there's definitely that um, that element of the cup that excites everyone, that's for sure. Any inside info on changes to the Challenge Cup that we might better? No. <laughs> you know, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking this other way here, thinking, oh, right, RFL means they do say sometimes, right, this this stays within the room. I was thinking, right, <laughs> <What did> which <laughs> bits did they say? Which <laughs> they bits? They have There's rumours knocking around it that they're yeah. going to change it in some sort of way, group stages and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope they keep it as it is, to be honest with you. Yeah. I quite like it how it is yeah i mean i've, I've not heard anything anything cemented like i said the, these were these were more ideas that, that were thrown around with how can we, you could kind of rejuvenate and stuff like that from yeah. from other people in similar roles to me to be honest but no i've not heard anything yet so <laughs> dodge that one <well>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good with the, the podcast to get you yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah just going, going back to like the, 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 have you got a kpi in regards to the support and the amount of supporters yeah. that come to the games and also um I, I, how do you know that the the support are forging themselves into a true rugby league fan yeah. base yeah i think for me obviously we're, we're on the f- first game um repeat customer will be a big one um we've seen a massive uptake this year on season tickets so i think that that's that's clearly because you've got people with the intention we're going to come every week yeah um, which is nice to see it and we're, we're we're of a size of a club where I knew every season ticket all the last year. We're, we're now constantly getting season ticket. I'm like, oh, that's someone new. Someone I don't, I don't I've not even met that person. So yeah. so that that's great to see. I, th- I think, like I said, the repeat customs a big one um, because it, you can give anyone a free ticket for the game. They come once and and because it's free. Yeah. Like, for me, we've we've got to get people who think right. I'm a Hurricanes fan now. Um, get that. Get those kind of repeat people coming in week in week out. Um, that you know are happy to pay, not just because financially it's good for the club, but for the club to be sustainable, we, we've got to have people that are willing willing to pay. Well, not, I mean, it's, it's entertainment. You know, they're going for to be entertained, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. If they're paying again, then they obviously value the entertainment yeah. that they're getting. And that, that that was the point I was making earlier about the the kind of the whole day um, last week. It, it was a spectacle to to that I think people would be happy to come and go. Do you know what? That that was worthwhile for me. It, as a as a full family to come and have a good day out and and you're happy to pay for it and and come week in week out hopefully 
Yeah. And just advertise it here and what sort of cost are you looking? Two adults, two kids, what's it going to cost them for a day yeah. out of the hurricane? So it's, it's £15 for an adult yep. and uh, £5 for a child. Um, like I say, we've got kind of Storm Chaser membership cards that we're trying to give out to um, to the local rugby clubs in the area. So it's a Storm Chaser ticket, it'd let the, the child get in free and the accompanying adult come for a fiver. Oh, right, okay. Um, so we, we, fantastic value, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, my ambition is that every, every single Midlands club gets a glug of those tickets. Yeah. Ideally, they go, right, first game, the under-8s can come. Yeah. Um, you dish them out to all the under-8s, all the under-8s come with a parent. Next week, right, guys, you've had your week, go to the under-9s. Under-9s go the week after and so on and so on. And, and then things. hopefully convert them into full-time supporters yeah, and they start yeah. going, yeah. Of, of those under-8s, if, if a few come the week after, brilliant. Like that, that's a, that's a few few kids that might not have seen the game or got to got to come a few weeks ago. So those Storm Chase tickets we're, we're going to be dishing out. I'll be honest, we didn't dish them out to, for the first one because operationally we needed to make sure that the day was all right. We didn't, we didn't want to have a load yeah, of yeah, tickets yeah, and yeah. a load of people and go, oh, shit, we've yeah. bitten off more we can chew here. So, yeah. so yeah, the, the plan is now to roll out those Storm Chaser tickets where, like I say, child enters free, adult comes for a fiver. That's wet my appetite, I'll be honest with you. I, I haven't been to a game yet, but I've already seen, I've, I've watched the first two games this season yeah. and I'll be there this season. Definitely, I'm Brilliant. definitely going down. Well, I mean, one of our plans is to have a, one of the, um, the the boxes, isn't it? The hospitality boxes. Yeah, yeah. And actually record a podcast yeah. whilst the game's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, brilliant. I think that'd be a, a great idea. So we'll, yeah. we'll keep Well, we've got, got the media gantry up. You can get up there. Oh, the me- yeah. <laughs> there you go. If you um, like heights, you'll be all right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you might, you might not want to go. Just if you sort of look at the coaching team, you yeah. know, and, and the, the guys that work closely with the team, I mean, what what's the, the, the vein of, you know, what's the ethos of the Hurricanes Club, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I think... Um, historically, we, like I say, we we kind of been as we'd got in that bottom bracket where it was just we we just don't want to finish bottom as Coventry Bears, and then we Coventry Bears started getting better, and then Midlands Hurricanes elevating it even more, and we we've kind of eradicated the mentality of where we we might go to a, a, a Heartlands team and you might be in the game for sixty minutes, they run away with the last twenty, and kind of sit in the changing room and go, good effort, we did okay there. That that's gone now. That that is not an acceptable mentality. It's, we, we're going there to win. Yeah, um, yeah. And we, we've kind of we we've made a definite shift as a squad, um, and that obviously comes from the coaching staff and, and the entire club down. And it, is, it does filter through the players. We've brought a lot of guys in this year that are proven winners. We've got international rugby players in the squad and stuff like that. And these guys don't come to take part for sixty minutes and then lose it at the end. They come to play for eighty minutes and, and turn over the big teams and win the big games and. You can see that in training. Like the, whereas, because I go to all the training sessions and things like that, the, the, there might have been like, not naivety, but kind of not the focus there that, that I'd want from a professional rugby club. That's gone now. The guys are there. They know they're there to work. And they put it in for the entire time that they're there. And we get at the moment, we're two games in, I know, but we've got the results on a, on a Sunday. So yeah. I think that that mental change has, has been a big one in shift in terms of what we're here to do and what we're here to achieve. We're not here to make the numbers up, maybe scalp one team, win some home games. That's that's not what we're here to do anymore. And I think, like I said, that, that's sunk in with the players and hopefully it, it comes to fruition on the field. What's the agreement sort of commercially with, with the Alexandra stadium i mean 
I'd hate to think that you're going to get kicked out because a big sporting event comes along or a big concert or whatever. So no, I mean, d- d- don't get it wrong. We we have to manage our fixtures around. Um, yeah. Um, so like the Brit- the British Athletics Championships are there. They take precedence. I, mean, I know where I sit on the food yeah. chain. <laughs> that yeah. that make, that makes sense. Obviously, the, the RFL are accommodating. We we can kind of stipulate to the RFL early on pre before any fixtures are released and say look. These these weekends are no goes for us. If we can make sure we avoid them, they do everything they can to do that. So, yeah, the, it depends where it was. But in general, we've got our fixtures blocked out for the year. They know that, and then uh, there'll be the odd one we might have to shift. So, uh, if we're looking at the ambition of the Hurricanes, then in ten years' time, ideally, where would you want to be in ten years' time? How big is the ambition for the Ideally club? or realistic? <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, just coming, flying back from Australia, having won the World Club. Um, no, I mean, for, for me, and it, it sounds corny, I'm not just, I'm not that, I'm not just bothered about the Hurricanes. For me, the, the perfect kind of solution would be if we, if we were exactly where we were, we were still kind of in that same bracket of, of League One, um, in and around getting in the playoffs. However, we had a women's team, we had a wheelchair team, we had that academy reserves team. The the Midlands uh, amateur clubs were filtering up into that reserves team. We had a yeah. trial system that allowed those guys to get into the Hurricanes, um, and and the regional game was really thriving. And it was because of what we were doing. I think you know what, that's great. I'd, I'd rather that than say get a sponsor that comes in and goes, here's half a million quid. Get into get into the championship. I wouldn't see that as an as a as a success. As, as yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Don't get wrong. Obviously, if you secure a massive sponsor commercially, that that's a that's an accolade to to be commended. Fine, but for the sustainability of the club, that's not great because if that sponsor, for whatever yeah. reason, their business fails, what have I got? What what have I yeah, got? Yeah. What have we got as a as a Midlands brand? Nothing. So yeah. that that would be my ideal that it, that we had that kind of massive infrastructure that was working efficiently because you know if we've got that you'll get sponsors that want to get involved anyway you'll you'll get more people involved you'll get more people through the gate more people through the gate more money it it all comes hand in hand so i think you've got to grow it from the ground up we've got to do it sustainably we're not looking to kind of come in chuck a quick bucket hopefully get some bigger players yeah yeah. let's jump up a league that's not what we're trying to do by any stretch so anybody that's listening is yeah. <laughs> hey, so anyone's listening within our area is you're saying all the right things if from my point of view anyway I think that's what the amateur clubs and rugby league uh, fans in the area it's exactly what they were where I would have thought yeah good just a little bit of a wild card question really no need to worry but I mean you work for a, a big construction company up north yeah I mean it, have you done anything to to pick out talent Within, within Big Red, or you know, do you think there's any any as in rugby talent? As in, yeah, Big rugby Red. talent. Yeah, yeah. I train most Tuesday nights, but <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, not 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 yeah. not necessarily with it with us. I leave most of the recruiting and stuff to to Rich, uh, yeah. and it, it's his team that pick that side of stuff up. Yeah, I just think uh, you know, maybe maybe there's there's past players or you know players that never didn't quite make it elsewhere in there, and who knows, you know. Yeah, there's. I mean. I don't want. I need my guys to focus on building buildings too. Yeah, so I need yeah. to distract them with rugby. <laughs> but no, I, like I say, we, we we are always exploring other avenues and stuff like that. Rich is he is very very good when it comes to recruitment. I think we, we've obviously had to be historically and still now we we haven't got the biggest playing budget. 
some guys that we are trying to recruit, we, we do have to say to them, look, you're going to have to drive to Birmingham. So we've got to, we've got to attract players other ways. And, and by having a great club culture and things like that, that, that plays a big part of it because at the end of the day, these guys still go to work Monday to Friday. Yeah. So they've got to enjoy what they do when they, when they've got to yeah, come yeah, on yeah. a Tuesday night, Thursday night and Sunday. Um, so the, the the culture of the club and what we can offer them as, as a whole package is a big thing in, in the way that we try and recruit as well. So just uh, touching on Rich, your head coach, I've spoken to him a little bit. Just give us a little bit of background on him and where he's come from and you know how he's going to the, the head coaching role at the Hurricanes. Yeah, so Rich obviously played, played his rugby in Hull, played uh, England students and stuff like that, and then, um, like most of us, dodgy knees, um, yes. <laughs> stopped early. Um, and, and got into coaching, did, did quite a bit of coaching the um, community circuit with with Hull um, before he kind, of, he kind of moved down here. And that's when he got involved with Coventry Bears. He was an assistant coach at Coventry Bears and then kind of moved up through to, to head ah, coach. Right, okay. So yeah, he, he kind of came through the ranks that way. Uh, Greg, I, I just want to um, just, you know, I've got an interest in, in business, business myself, but what similarities do you see between being the CEO of a, of a rugby league club and, you know, and, and, and work, you know, work yeah. in a professional environment? Problems. Lots of them. <laughs> lots of them. <laughs> yeah. And you're no. not expected to solve them all. No, no, def definitely not all problems. There's good days and bad days, that's for sure. Um, for me, they're very similar. Obviously, you set, you're setting goals on KP. We spoke about them earlier, KPIs and goals. You're setting them. For, for a business, you're setting them for a team. I mean, I, I set out, I, me and Rich kind of said, look, what do we want to achieve as a rugby team? Uh, you kind of then setting your core values that are going to help you achieve that. And smaller KPIs underneath, it's like we said, you've got your overall, which is we want to get to the playoffs. You're then going to target certain games. Within those certain games, you're setting certain targets where you're saying, right, complete the first, for the first 15 minutes, we want to complete every single set. We want to turn over the ball in the opposition 20, 85% of the time. So, it's about having that kind of short-term to long, medium-term to long-term strategy to hit your overall KPI. So in terms of how you, how you build, I think it's exactly the same. Um, and then the other, the other thing that's identical is, is people. Uh, at yeah. the end of the day, if you're running a business, it's all about people, rugby club, all about people. Um, and, and managing your stakeholders and getting the best out of them and getting the best for them. Um, so, so that for, for me, they're, they're identical. Like I say, it's just it's just what what is the end goal that's different, how you get there, and things, and then the mentality you've got to have are, are the same in, in my eyes. What kind of persona would you want the players and the backroom staff um, to hold of you? Do you know what I mean? If you could like pick out two or three traits which you you know you you want to be known for or live yeah. for, live by, what would those traits be? Uh, I think honesty and integrity is, is a big one. I mean, you've got. We've probably all had them in the past. You, you've worked for people and they just tell you what you want to hear and it, and that works for a certain amount of time with a certain amount of people. But I think giving honest feedback in the right way is, is the main thing. So I think honesty honest is a big one. I, I always say that for people that work with me. I say, look, if, if you ask me, I, I will, I'll always tell you the truth. I won't lie. Um, like I say, how you deliver that truth, if it's not an easy message, is absolutely key. But yeah. it, it's key not to lie. Um and then just just generally hard working and, and I, I don't ask anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Um, like I said about the job not being sexy, kit man done that, doing the scoreboard, do, doing all the yeah. stuff, <laughs> ragging the post pads in and out. You, you, I wouldn't do ask anyone to do anything that that I haven't done myself or wouldn't wouldn't do. 
Um, so yeah, they'd be the main ones. But like I say, I think honesty, integrity, and, and hard work, you know, be the, the main traits. People said I did that. And what part of the of the working week in regards to the, the hurricanes? Do you think right? Okay, that's all sorted. Now I can just steal myself a little bit, you know, long enough to enjoy a bit of what's going on. Um, with the, with the hurricane, I think it, it, I'll be honest. It's been massive effort getting to that first game. Um, working with the council and things like that, because the way it went with those guys, obviously they, they were delivering um, the Commonwealth Games. So the Hurricanes were very much yeah. not the yeah. priority. So they got that done, um, kind of delivered that in September, and then rightly so, they were all ready for a break. So they all, all kind of like disappeared for October, in which point I'm thinking, shit, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, we, we need to get here. this over the <laughs> line here, please. So we were probably a bit more rushed the, the, than I wanted to be because um, it's, it, it's been in the pipeline for a long time, but like I said, just because of the nature of... Was it always the, the goal to end up at the stadium? Or yeah, yeah. Did you bid for it or... No, no, it, yeah, so, it, so it, it was the goal. Obviously, the guys' uh, commentary were at uh, Butts Park. Um, we then came away from there with the ambition of having one year at Birmingham Solihull Bees to move into the stadium at the end of the Commonwealth Games. So... We've we've done it, albeit this year we're on the uh, the warm up arena. The aim is to to get yeah. into into the main, main ground next year. I think it was the minute everybody sort of stood up on it and went, "Whoa, this is yeah. uh, this is a big deal." Because I, I, I'll be honest, it was the minute I sort of looked on Twitter and went, "Okay, this is big now. This is they they're, they're properly going for this." Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people were asking us for a long time. I'd like say. Is it happening? Is it happening? And we were obviously under NDA and stuff like that. Yeah. So we kind of said, mm, we can't say, we can't say. Yeah. It's looking like it's gonna. Um, and then, like I said, we kind of, we almost fell at the final hurdle with getting into the main stadium, but it, the, the blueprint's there to, to move over for us, which, which is great. Um, so, yeah, in terms of back to the original question of it, enjoying it, um, I, I, I didn't, I probably didn't enjoy that first game until. In, in the bus home <laughs> when, when it was honestly <laughs> it was done the full day was finished like everything had operationally is in running running of the event because he was yeah. running the event basically had gone okay obviously the guys had won on the field um at that point i kind of sat back and had a fair few pints to be honest and, yeah. and I, I enjoyed it then so you, you don't necessarily enjoy the 80 minutes of rugby because you're too busy worried about everything else that's yeah, going I mean, on around the stadium and i'm not a good watcher anyway right. I'm, I'm not a good watcher i'll be honest um but yeah, yeah the, the the does come those times where you get to like you do just sit and you do enjoy the game yeah. but obviously the stress of watching your team is always going to be there but just sat and enjoying it is good I've said um, a word with Derek Beaumont because he's, he's always having a laugh, isn't he? But I love to yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll take a bit of, bit might of, give you a bit of Derek. <laughs> media uh, advice as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, like, like I say, I think once you've kind of got everything in place, it, for me, I've, this is my first kind of full year, I'd say, because I got involved Christmas last year, by which point you, you've done a lot of stuff already. But this has kind of been my first full year. For, from a chief exec side of things, a lot of your work's done last third of the playing yeah. season through to first ball kicked, really. Yeah. Um, in terms of player contracts, anything commercially you're doing off the field and stuff like that. So in my head, I'm, I'm thinking I've done a hell of a lot. And I, I've said this to the lads, I've said this to Rich. I was like, everything that we said we were going to deliver as a club off the field, we're pretty much there. It's over to you boys now. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that this is going to be my yeah, yeah. my bit of the year where I kind of sit back and do just go to the games and 
and have a nice time and hopefully see the lads deliver on the field and see the people coming in and having a great day and go, all that, that was worth it. We're, we're going the right way. Yeah. Anything else you want to ask, Carl, before we move on? Or are you good? No, I think I explained everything absolutely brilliantly, to be honest with you. I'm really pleased with the things that you've been telling us. And um, yeah, it sounds really positive. So now. Good. So you got the rugby league outsider stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to get well, that. Let's see what comments you get first. You <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna um, move on to our weekly prediction round, which I've got to say, you know, I know I'm doing shocking at it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're only one point behind me, to be honest with you. But um, the highlight of last week was when you said uh, Wakefield were going to beat Wigan <laughs> by yeah, a narrow margin, <laughs> sixty points to nil later. Right <laughs> And uh, yeah, you still haven't backed Leeds yet either, so... No, round five, Leeds right. will, okay. Leeds will Wait, Wakey could be in trouble this week, full stop, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, they might not actually be playing, are they? No, no, the pitch doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. So. Yeah, okay. Right, let's... Uh, Thursday night game, then the first game is Warrington v Salford. Warrington coming on the back of a win at Huddersfield, which... Yeah, we all tipped Huddersfield, so we got that one wrong. Uh, yep, Salford lost to Hull KR. They, they played all right, did Salford, but not good enough. Hull KR looking strong. So, Greg, I've got you. Who have you, who have you got? Um, I'll say, I'll say, do you want full scores as well? I'll nah, just, just the winner. Oh, Warrington. Yeah. Confident. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, the, the, it could go either way. It, it really, it's one of those games where, you know, Warrington did really well. Sitting on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a great quote this week, which is either 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 have a shit or get off the toilet. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, great. Uh, it describes my life completely. Um, I'm going to go Warrington. Yeah, I'm going Warrington. I, I do think Salford will pick up some big wins this season. They've got a, they've got a strong team, but yeah, Warrington. Okay, Friday night game then. Catalan v Hull FC. Hull obviously beat your boys uh, last week and Catalan won again. They beat Lee, which I thought we would have expected anyway. They were at home. So, yeah, yeah. Catalan v Hull. Ca you. Catalan again, I'd say. Home win on that, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can't see uh, I can't see Hull travelling all that way and then and then pulling off a win against a strong Catalan times team. So, yep, Catalan for me. All right, well, I'm going Hull then. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I was going to say it's going to be boring if we agree. All yeah, the way yeah, yeah. That could be the point that I claw back, couldn't it? it, it well, it could be. Hull are looking pretty good. So I know, I know. Started off strong. Right, Wakefield, winless. Oh, by the way, just a little story on Hull there. Um, obviously, Brad Dwyer was at Leeds last year. I personally think he should have been in the team much more than he was. Yeah, and he right. just seems to be doing so well at Hull. Yeah. You know, it's a great, great little story for him there. So, good effort. Wakefield then winless against Huddersfield um, if it goes ahead like we've already touched on. So that might be the only chance Wakefield have of not conceding this week is if the game gets cancelled because of the pitch. So, yeah, who have you got? Um, Wakey, lad, I'll, I'll st <laughs> stick loyal. But no, yeah, Wakefield. I, I, I hope the game does go ahead because there's certain ones, it's going to be a tough old year for, for Wakey where you think there's ones in the calendar that you, they're going to have to pinpoint. Yeah. I reckon this will be one of them that they'll be saying, look, we... We, we should be looking at I know Huddersfield obviously got the benefit of not starting when because of because of the yeah, sakes week didn't game. they but no I, if it goes ahead I think the I think the boys will have something to prove as well the fact that all quite often they, when shit's going on off the field it actually pulls you together on it so 
Finger, that's fingers crossed. Bit, bit of life. Is that your, uh... <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying, but I'm going to back up <laughs> <No, no. laughs> uh, by a narrow win. <laughs> I'm going Huddersfield. <laughs> I haven't backed or said anything complimentary about Wakefield yet. So sorry. I'm sorry, but yeah, I, I can only go Huddersfield. Right, the uh, big game then. I'll go to you on this one first. Saints v Leeds. Leeds obviously winless again. Um, and Saints, massive win against Castleford, I thought. They, you know, they're flying all over side at World and coming back and parties and there didn't seem to be any sort of anger over there and they were they were firing on all cylinders, I thought. I think, well, I can't see anybody beating them at the minute. They're looking that good. So yeah, Just class outfit, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to go Saints. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think right at the start of the season, I thought, you know, we're going to be five rounds in before Leeds start kicking in. Um, however, I'm actually wondering whether it's going to be longer than that because there's got to be some kind of seismic shift in what they're doing at the minute. And uh, although it was close, we got Hull, in round five. Seeing as you're predicting when this is when know. they're coming good, I don't know. I've no idea. <laughs> Can't remember. I've no. got wakey away. <laughs> <laughs> Postpone two point win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going Saints every day of the week. Yes, yeah. yeah, Saints. It's tough to back it. Like you say, it's tough to back against them. I thought Cass actually. Started the game really well. Obviously, they they come out with a bit of a game plan saying well, we're going to play wide. I think Jake Mamo made he made probably four breaks in the first twenty minutes. There, yeah, they didn't convert. But they were the wor- own worst enemies. Yeah, cast yeah. One the, yeah the weekend. They, they definitely squandered a few. But as you say, they just that 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 class kind of shone through. Then in the end, you see they, they're going to be tough to beat. Definitely. Okay, uh, Castleford versus Wigan. Wigan obviously um, took Wake to the cleaners sixty nil. Uh, and Castleford, we've just touched on, they lost to the Saints, but did play pretty well. So it, it is at Castleford. Greg, have you got? Yeah, like I say, we, we, we have obviously got a bit of a Castleford connection. I, I think they're doing a lot of stuff right there. I, I think Castle do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Cass win. <laughs> <laughs> Pre- pressure's on me then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, no, I'm going Wigan. <laughs> I th- think that yeah, the yeah, Wigan looked so good last week. I can only go Wigan. Uh, yeah, who were they playing? Sorry, who were they playing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on. Hull KR v Lee. So Hull KR looking pretty good. They beat Salford, didn't they, on the Thursday night game? Uh, and Lee, Lee, the Lee played well this yeah, week. They, did. they, they went they away did. to Catalan. I think a lot of people expected them to get a bit of a drubbing, and mm. it was pretty close for most of the game. Half time, there were only a couple of points in it. Um, yeah, I think Hull, Hull are good at home. Out there, I think the Craven Park. I think I think it might just pull pull them through. I think that'll be. I, th- I reckon that'll be the best game of the weekend. To be yeah, honest, yeah, and me. I think that'll be really good to watch. But I th- I think I think if, if Lachlan Cook's back, cause he he was injured when he last week. I think if he's back, I think can I have that as a caveat? <laughs> if, he, if he plays <laughs> anyway, no, I, I think that will be the best game of the weekend. But I think Hull Hull will nick it. I don't just want to seem like I'm following whatever Greg says, <laughs> <laughs> but I am. <laughs> right, but no, I'm going to go Hull KR as well. I think Lee have got a big, shocking result coming up. I don't think it's this week, though. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Hull KR. Yeah, and me. To be boring. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think Lee are going to pick up some wins this year. Yeah. I think, I think they will be, I think they'll stay up. I, I, do, I do, definitely. I, I, I won't. I won't say as well. I won't. I won't say they'll finish eleventh. I, I think. 
I think they'll stay up comfortably. Yeah, just under playoffs or yeah, pushing yeah. for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think they'll do really well. Fight out with Leeds. <laughs> That's our predictions around them. Short yes. and sweet this week. Okay, so uh, we now move on to the, the part of the show that we call the Golden Point, Extra Time. Um, so we get we ask each guest to, to pose a question for the oncoming guest. Um, so we had Graham and Jason Spafford last week, uh, and they asked a couple of belting questions. So the first one is, apart from the skill of the players, what is the cultural difference in St. Helens that sets them apart? And as far as, in order to answer that, we've all got to assume that there is something that, that sets yeah. them apart. Well, whatever it is, if I can bottle it and bring it to the Hurricanes, <laughs> yeah. it'd be good. It'd be good. I, I, I do think it's... It, as a player, you know that winning is a habit as much as losing is. Sometimes you get on that roll where equally games get to that little that little turning point where it could be twenty points all with ten minutes left. And when you're in that winning streak, you're just calm. You're just looking around. You know everyone's the same. You think, don't worry, stick to the game plan. We'll win. We're going to win this. There's no issue. Whereas when the shoe's on the other foot you manage to lose, you can be 20 points to 10 up with 10 minutes left and you're looking over your shoulder thinking, shit, don't do that wrong, don't do that wrong, I yeah. will come back and and, and you kind of, you, you snatched, lost from the jaws of victory and they're, they're clearly in that that frame of mind where they will walk onto every field going, don't care who we're playing, we're going to win. We've got a, a tried and tested blueprint, we've got we've got our game plan, we stick to, we don't veer away from that, we will win and that counts for so much mm-hmm. and it, I'd, I'd say that, that that'll be a big part part of what's going on. Clearly, everything they're doing off the field is, is contributing to that. But as a player, when you're looking around and you've got confidence in everyone in the group, there's no kind of niggle. You, you've got, as I say, you've, you've got the blueprint that's ingrained in everyone's mind. No one's questioning it. I think that that's, that is untouchable. Untouchable as, as, a, as a player, as a team. If you can, if you can emulate that, you... You, you're gonna go well, but, but even the commentators say that, don't you know? Never write off the Saints. It's yeah, just what yeah. they say every every time they're on the TV. And um, you know, if they've got that belief that oh, something will happen, don't worry, yeah. something will happen. The inverse of that is you've got the opposition now spooked because they think right, what what they're gonna do? Uh, w- yeah. You know, where does it come from? And when when does it happen? You know, and it makes them nervous and edgy, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. And you know, like you say, and the. I think that the Saints, they've got such a belief amongst the players now, aren't they? I mean, when they went to Australia, they never for a second believed that they were going to lose that game, did they? They, they went there and although all the media, we were all saying, oh, we can't see them winning this one, but they'll have a good crack at it. But you see in the plays and you listen to the interviews, they never for a second thought they were going to lose that game. And I think a lot of that is to do with... I think it's to do with the culture that they've brought through the club, through the junior ranks, because there's such a close-knit team out there. So you've been talking about Hurricanes, how you want to you know, build this umbrella and, and you know, create an academy of players and that and keep them together. They, they, they've been together, a lot of those players have been together for so long. They almost know what the the other player's going to do before they do it, you know, the low maxes. And yeah. they've all come through the same junior academy and then... They sprinkle in there a few international big players and you've got this just fantastic team. Yeah, yeah but it's not just that, is it? I mean, you know, they bring some players in that, you know, that do do well in like the, the championship or whatever. Bring them in, develop them as players. I mean, Alex Walters yeah. is yeah. probably one of your, yeah. Joe Batchelor is one of your best, you know, examples of that. And, you know, suddenly they're on the world-class players. Like, how did that happen? You know, it's... 
It's, playing uh, with good players place. around you always yeah. helps as well. They're, they're going to bring the best out of you, but being in, in that environment as well is going to excel anyone's development. And they put, yeah, like, like you say, the, the bit about having that togetherness and understanding of each other on the field, like you, you, you always remember like famous center winger partnerships, famous halfback, and it's because they've been together for so long. Yeah. And they know each other's next move, but I think culture as a, as a whole is, is huge. And what's happening that, as a, as a fan, you might not always see because you see what they're doing on the field, but you don't see what it's like. You don't see whether they're knocking the shit out of each other in training because they don't like each other, whether they're going yeah. back in the dressing room at halftime and and effing and jeffing at each other and having a having a fallout, or whether they come in and someone can go, "What you're doing there wasn't right." The other person just goes, "Yeah, you're right, my bad." Because that, that's that's got a, a massive effect as well. Is that kind of whole dynamic in the dressing room that? We, as a, from a fan perspective, you, we, don't, you, you don't, don't see. see no. You don't mm. see because you can have the kind of training environment you've probably been in, and where you can you can have a full on fight in training, but it's fine because everyone's got absolute respect for each other. They've just pissed each other off for that little bit too much. It's fine. We move on. Yeah, uh, and maybe even cleared the air. Yeah, yeah. It, it needed. It need. You, you, we've all heard the stories where coaches go, "Yeah, it needs to happen." Yeah, it, it needs to happen. It, it's detracting from training. They need to kick seven bells out of each other for five minutes, forget about it, and we move on. And I've known that that'll be happening in, it'll be happening in Saints. It's, it'll just be, it'll be a great place to be, definitely, to, to work, to play, everything. I wonder if they, I wonder how many sports psychologists they employ. That'd be interesting, though, wouldn't it? Mm. Have a bit of a fly on the on the wall in the St. Helens dressing room. And Well, I mean, I have a couple of friends who are sports psychologists, and the, the sad thing is that, they usually only get called in when things are going wrong. Oh, <laughs> I, right. I, I, was, I was genuinely just about to go, there'll probably only be one. Yeah. I, I think yeah. there'll be one that's got it. It's He's got a theory. It's clearly working. You, like you say, you tend to bring him in where you go, shit, we, we need to change something. What what could you come in with your theory? Try and do something different before a game. Let's do yoga in the change rooms. Yeah. Like, right, you do it. What should we do? Like I say, I, I think there'll be one person that's been there for, for quite a while now. It's mm. a guess, but... We'll be wrong now. There'll be 10 of them. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know if you know. Um, okay, we're happy. Move on to the yeah, next, next one. Okay, so from Jason then, um, and this is like, you know, we could probably do three or four different episodes on this, but, and, and his question, and this is how he posed it, what do we actually need to do to develop rugby league outside the heartlands? You know, and, and that, I mean, it's a huge Huge question. Well, that's but why I'm interested to Yeah. Might get five seasons out of this question. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to pose that as my question <laughs> yeah. to whoever's next. Just roll it over. Um, look, let, let's be honest. We, we need to, and I'm not, not just saying this because of my my um, involvement, but we need to have a team that people can get behind. All right. We, we've got, I've said this to the players, we can do everything we want off the field. You've got to have a good product on it. Um, at the end of the day, we've got to have a team that's playing well. Um, that's something that everyone wants to, like I say, get behind and can enjoy. Um, that 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 is the main thing. I think the the next question, obviously, the obvious knock on question is how do we get there? I think it comes back to some of the stuff we were saying earlier about kind of having that that pyramid of of people all working the same way. Clearly, financially, you need investment. Like, there's, yeah. there's no point dodging around it. You, you need you need money to survive. So. There's more than one way to skin a cat and get the money and and things like that and that that's about not not doing it right. You're probably doing some people a disservice by saying that, but doing it in a certain way so that it, it's sustainable, so that you you're not one company going pop away from the, the club kind of nosediving yeah. sort of thing. But 
they're, they're the main things I, I would say. Like, so you, you, we've got to have some a team that everyone looks and, and wants to go watch. Because, like I said, it, it's all well and good for us getting people through the game and saying, come on, come watch the Hurricanes. If they go, yeah, I'm going to go watch the Hurricanes, we get stuffed 60 nil. The kids aren't going to go, oh, I'm a Hurricanes fan. Yeah. Mommy, can, can you buy me that purple swirly shirt? Because the mates are going to take the piss they lost 50 nil <laughs> last week. So, like I said, I, th- I think it, it's, it's, they're, they're the two main things, I think. From my side, obviously not been involved that long in terms of like RFL involvement. I think uh, we just said it off air. I think there is a real appetite from the RFL for it to work. Um, I'm not brown nosing. I, I genuinely can't say enough for the amount of support I've had from them. Yeah. To, to, if, if I ask for anything, though, make a joke with Pat Klusky, who's uh, head of operations for the RFL. I must be his number one call because I ring him all the time. But he genuinely can't, they can't do enough for us, and I do feel there's a real appetite for it to work um we all know that there's there's kind of been the the clubs that have had a go at it in the past and things like that but for for me i genuinely don't see how it can't work and it call me an ultra enthusiast but yeah yeah. in terms of like what do we need to do well there's the element of we need to convert like there's no bones about we need to convert the people that are rugby fans and go right don't just be a rugby union fan be a rugby league fan as well um I say I, I, I'm testament to that. I've never played a game of rugby league in my life, but I, I'm a more of a league fan than union. Um, there's that, and then the, coupled with that, the, the, there's where we are with 3.2 million mm. um, population, second biggest in the country. Why should it not work? Like what? Yeah, why? I mean, you've already got loads of rugby league fans yeah. in the area, aren't yeah. they? Just essentially, never really had a team to support. I mean. Yeah. He's a Leeds fan, I'm a Bradford fan, but we're not going to travel up there every week to watch no. a game. We could quite happily yeah. jump on board with the Hurricanes and if there's a, a product there that people want to go watch, you know, we'll be there. I can't see why people can't have a second team. No, no, <laughs> no, and, and for me, if, if, we were, if, if we were that and you said Hurricanes are everyone's favourite second team, but I could live with still that. still a success, isn't it? I could definitely yeah, yeah, live yeah. with that. It's something to get on board. And I think from a conversion perspective, again, we're reporting repeat what we said off air but it's a it's a good stepping stone for 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 the people that have probably been used to just doing the 45 minutes across the m62 it's not unbearable to go to to birmingham it's an hour and a half hour and 40 you can you can do it you can do it i think it's getting your head around that because you look at that swear word football but that their fans it's 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 a spectacle and away day is great you actually look and go Oh, that's a great bus trip. That's a great train trip. And it, like the, the big ones are the ones that you look out for in your fixture list. And it, I think it, it's changing that mindset. You know, an away day is actually a really good thing. It's a good event. And I think they're probably, I think people will see this as it is an opportunity to, to start changing that mindset of the people that probably historically haven't wanted to go more than half an hour away from home. Okay, so talking about away fans quickly, and if you, if you want wanting to get people down to Birmingham to watch the game, make it an event what sort of things have you got planned that are going to be going on around the stadium that outside of the rugby league just you know to, to keep the interest of their families and things like have you got stuff going on yeah i mean for, for us um the main thing is in terms of getting the people in locally we said about the kind of storm chaser memberships and stuff like that then we're going to look to target certain games where we potentially have make it a family fun day because we've still got the yeah we've got the space to do that with us being on that warm-up arena where we we can have kind of bouncy castle we could get uh, matches on before and all that all that kind of stuff to make it an atmosphere I mean, we mentioned Derek earlier I, I probably can't afford scouting for girls or yeah. anything, anything <laughs> like that just yet but um 
Mike Lomas, our chairman, is decent on a trumpet. We could maybe get him, <laughs> get, get him giving that a blast. But, but yeah. Blowing his own trumpet. He's very good. He's good at that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I say, the, the options are endless for us, obviously. But where we are, the, the transport links are brilliant. And in Birmingham, there's so much to do itself. So I think people, if they want to come and make a full day of it, that, that that's 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 a great opportunity for us. Are you tapping into like um, dance schools, cheerleaders, sort of that sort of thing? Have you got a mascot sorted out? So, <laughs> I'm going to ask we, you about the mascot because... <laughs> I was looking at thinking, Hurricanes, what the, what's the mascot going to be? Well, I might, I might be giving away, this might be a massive leap. Something's in the pipeline, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> might be a massive leap, but we, we've actually looked at the, the the costume for it that we could get, and it's basically it's a, a big tornado. His name is Gus T. Gus, <laughs> Gus T. <laughs> so that, that's, that's an exclusive here. So, yeah, Another we're, one. Yeah, we're, we're looking at that. Um, my wife used to actually be a... a um, dancer for rugby league cheerleaders and stuff like that so we've got a coach there ready to go right so all the blueprints today it's it's, it's ready it's ready to run ready to put it into action this yeah. year yeah very much yeah yeah you are i mean i know your your wife's um, a dog groomer you, yeah. you, maybe she can get a job at wigan sorting out the mare cuts <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, a, there's a few buttons in rugby full stop now <laughs> yeah, you, no. you look and you think brad fash that's, yeah. that's a shocker <laughs> what, what's he shocker. said when he's walked up so. <laughs> no can you make me look like a twat please yeah, well i didn't want to say that first first time on i thought can i say it but, but yeah um I, I was just thinking you know marketing you know quite often people think that marketing is just an event that happens mm. you know but we, we know it's it's a series of events you know and and for me you know i am i am developing as a as a hurricane fan uh, you know i am and and when i look at it and say okay what are the events that's happened and it was like carl and i was chatting and he said right alexander and straight away i was thinking well i'd like to go to that stadium yeah, yeah. you know that was the first one then you start looking at the black branding and you think it's not in competitive colors and i can yeah. i can get behind that tick next one obviously we're chatting to you you know we, we got a bit of a, an insight behind the club and, and that helped because you feel like you know the club yeah. um what what do you think the the events of a, of a of a converted fan or whatever is yeah i think i think we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to put something that appeals to everyone so that what well, one of the big ones for us is you want it to be a day that everyone can come to it's not just dad takes son like you, yeah. you want somewhere that mum can come as well yeah. and, and the, the full family so it's about offering something to everyone it might not be on every single game but certain days in the year where, where you think right that's that's the family day everyone goes and, and things like that and then commercially you want you want certain events through the year so obviously the opening game w w was a fairly big one we'll have an end of season do where there'll be a, a, a big dinner in the stadium and things like that and that, that won't just be players only like some do just for players anyone will be able to come to that you, you'll have to get a ticket there won't be they won't cost a lot but you could come in and and have a dinner and watch watch the end of season presentation hear speeches from players and hopefully there'll be kids that want to go and go oh i can go meet such and such a player because by that point in the season they've been watching that player all year yeah. and they, they absolutely love them um but like i say that the, the whole season's about creating different events creating different crescendos as well because you can get to the point where you're just doing the same things every week, like a match report on a Monday, announce the squad on a Tuesday, where are we going on the Thursday? And it just gets monotonous. So it's about keeping it fresh, keeping it interesting, because social media is massive now. The, the RFL, the way the funding works, is you get different, you've got different um, different pillars that you get marked on and scored on. Social media is a big one. So the, the more interaction, the, 
you get in your social media, the better score you get, and you'll get additional funding from that pillar. So the, the marketing side of things is absolutely huge. Mm. <clears throat> really interesting to learn that bit, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah it's great. Uh, so, yeah, quickly, Greg, we, um, you've got a fantastic offer for people watching this show. Um, we've got two season tickets to give away. Yeah, yeah. So what we said is we give two season tickets away. Um, th- those two season tickets will also get two tickets to the Challenge Cup final. Um, oh, and, wow. and also they'll get um, two tickets, or, well, the chance to pick one of the home games are basically they can come have hospitality before the game as well. So it's kind of three, three-pronged, three I guess. Fantastic. We're not allowed to enter though, are we? Why? You're not. <laughs> I've told you the answer to the question. We're, 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 we're controlling the entries though. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay, so what is your question for people who are going to be watching this? We'll have um, a section on our website to feed the answers through or... Comment on yep. YouTube or on our social media pages. Yeah, I'll give you that link in a second, yeah. Okay, so what's the, the question that you want to put out there that people have got to get right to be entered into the draw? So, question, we'll probably say, don't have to get it right, but closest wins. Yeah, okay. <laughs> closest wins is, is what, what was the attendance to that first game at, at the Alexander Stadium? Right, yeah. Is that something, I mean, is it searchable? Is it? It's, not to my knowledge, it's searchable. The RFL know it. Right, okay. Um, there'll be a select few people within the Hurricanes, they'll know, don't it. know it. Yeah, so I can yeah. make sure they don't win, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, amazing. So the link in order to submit your your uh, your guess, I suppose, because nobody nobody will know, um, is rugbyleagueoutsiders.com forward slash win. So it's as simple as that. And we'll also have links in wherever you're, you're, you're listening or watching to this podcast. Uh, we'll have links in the description below. Um, so yeah, don't don't just whack it down in a comment on YouTube. That's not good enough. You need to get yourself to rugbyleagueoutsiders.com forward slash win and then uh, stick your answer in there. Um, Carl, we just now move over to our look forward. So have you got any exclusives on the ne- next guests over the next couple of weeks? Yes, I have. <laughs> I was just trying to think who they were then, but yeah, absolutely. So we've gone from we're going from one extreme to the other. So we've got a fantastic uh, professional club on this week and then next week we have a brand new club we've got the Worcester Wanderers on next week so they're going to be coming on to promote themselves like I say we've, we've all got to get behind these new clubs and, and promote them and push them up as best we can so yeah they're, they're coming on next week I've got the um, I don't know if you call it director of rugby and their head coach coming on next week yeah and finally before we kind of wrap up um, I just want to encourage people to keep watching keep listening you know keep commenting especially because you know it seems like there's a lot of voyeurs going on at the minute and i know rubber league's full of voyeurs <laughs> right but uh, you know it's people watching and not even saying hello you know so yeah. you know i just encourage people this week to to leave a comment let us know you're out there let us know what's going right what you think's good and what you think uh, perhaps needs a bit of work and a bit of development and um you know we'll, we'll turn this show into into something that everybody is looking forward to listening to yeah. yeah, I mean, we we no blueprint really, have we, where it's going to go and how it's going to go and what we want to put on here. But if, um, yeah, people need to get in touch with us and tell us what they want to see and, and we'll deliver it. Yeah. Okay, Greg, anything we should have asked you that you uh, you can think of off the top of your head? Not to my knowledge. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I was worried about coming in thinking they're going to ask me something. I'll just blur it out and think, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but I, th- I think, I, well, we'll see. I might have come away unscathed. But no, I've really enjoyed it, lads. Thanks. Well, you've definitely presented yourself and the club, you know, in a, in a great light in my eyes. So, you know, from me, thanks for 
thanks for coming along and, and sharing an insight into, yeah, into the hurricanes. Yeah, I'm from me. It's been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you coming down, especially the, the fact that you've had to travel from Manchester just to come and sit on our sofa. <laughs> and now you've got to travel all the way back to Wakefield. It's, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, it's been great. Thanks. Okay, so until next week, take care. That's the final whistle for this week's episode of the Rugby League Outsiders. We hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us on social media and share this podcast with your friends. And as always, if you have a story to tell, a club to plug or a player that deserves recognition, we want to hear from you. So until next time on the Rugby League Outsiders, take care.